Hey everybody and welcome back to Chris's on Infinite Earths. This is episode number 11. You can listen to this program every other Wednesday at chrisandreggie.com, chrisandreggie.podbean.com, all those other places you get things to listen to on the internet, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that stuff here. This week out, we've got a uh, very special issue we're going to be discussing. It's actually a request from a good friend of the show, a good friend of ours. This is uh, Jody Yarden, who is uh, at RegalFan on Twitter. He wanted to discuss Batman issue 416 from February 1988. It's a very important issue to him and his fandom, and uh, turns out it's uh, one heck of an issue. The thing about me and Batman is uh, Batman has never been a character I've prioritized uh, insofar as collecting. Um, If you know me, uh, I'm very obsessive about what I collect. I, I need to have... I'm basically an all or all or nothing kind of guy, but for whatever reason that doesn't extend to Batman. Batman I can go in and out on. I can uh, I've got huge uh, holes in my collection uh, of all the Batman titles, and never felt you know uh, never felt the pull to uh, to get a full run. Um, you know things like Superman. I uh, I decided you know I, I had to have every issue you know from Crisis on Infinite Earths on and. Uh, you know, when I did that, and then it's like, okay, well, maybe I should get every issue of Superman from, you know, when I was born, you know, and it just, I'm just keep building backwards with uh, with titles like Superman, uh, Justice League, Teen Titans, uh, X-Men, Spider-Man, Avengers, but uh, for whatever reason, that just never extended to Batman. Um, this is an issue, uh, I think it's important, this is an important issue to a lot of people, uh, because it uh, really informs what the bat family is going to be going forward from the crisis uh it's uh it grows the bat family it's it's just an amazing issue and we will we will get to it uh i promise we'll get to it shortly but uh my first uh, experience with this book was through the blog uh, at chris's on infinite earths i i never like i said never prioritized batman so i never went back to read uh seminal and random issues uh you know i knew all the big beats uh you know year one and into uh death in the family alone the place of dying all that stuff i was uh i don't want to say well versed on but i had at least read it a couple times and uh this book i on a lark found it in a uh, in a bargain bin and thought the cover looked neat so i grabbed it and one night when i was looking for something to discuss on the blog i picked this one out and uh and it blew my mind. It's just such a fantastic issue. Um, my bat history, I I started, I couldn't even say I was collecting Batman. I was just picking it up when I got around to it. Um, the first Batman books that I bought were uh, The Penguin Affair that came out. Uh, it was a little crossover between Batman and Detective Comics. I think it was a three-parter. And it came out around the time of Batman Returns, which... Uh, is still the uh, newest comic book movie or a superhero movie that I've ever seen. Uh, I, I don't know if we count things like Ghost World as a uh, comic movie, but uh, I, I have seen Ghost World in the interim. But uh, Batman Returns is, is the last superhero movie that I've ever seen, and uh, was excited to uh, read about you know a, a situation with the Penguin. So I grabbed the Penguin Affair. I uh, thought it was okay, and uh, a little while later they released they they launched uh batman shadow of the bat and grabbed that and i stuck with it for uh, a little while um it's funny i i remember uh, the ending of the third issue has batman he's in arkham asylum and uh he's being faced with just about every villain that uh that is in there with him and and i remember going to the store and i was all psyched to find out what happened and then i see that there's you know another three batman titles on the shelves and they're all different you know, they're not, they, Batman's not in Arkham, <laughs> in Batman and in Detective, so it's like, it kind of took the wind out of my sails. I really, uh, I really thought that the Shadow of the Bat story was the, uh, kind of the straw that stirred the drink, I suppose, but, uh, it wasn't. <laughs> it was just another story running concurrently with all the other Skate 800, uh, Batman titles, uh, and Batman appearances throughout the DC Universe. Now from there I would uh, I'd drop out and I, I'd pop a, pop back in a little bit for Nightfall and Night's Quest uh, and then I'd drop out again and I came back for uh, No Man's Land and then I dropped out again and came back after uh, Office It Down 
it's just been an up and down ride with me with Batman. And as I've said, I, I, I really never prioritized going back to fill in what I missed. And uh, even to this day, I still, I really still don't. Um, I've been collecting now ever since the new 52 because Batman, the Batman title, the main Batman title seems to be the only one that you just can't find in the uh, in the cheapo bins. You really, these are the ones that get marked up. Out of everything that DC puts out, it's this book, Batman, that gets uh, that gets the uh, the sticker price on it, where uh, where it gets bagged, boarded, and not put in the cheapo bins, but put in the actual back issue bins. So I figure, I think like a lot of us comics fans do, it's you know one of these days I'll want to read it, and uh, I haven't really been keeping up. I've heard. Good, bad, and middling about what's going on in Batman these days, but uh, just like I said, I haven't prioritized it. I haven't uh, haven't gotten around to it, but I still collect it in the strange hope that one of these days I will a want to read it and uh, b have the time to read it. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened, so uh, <laughs> we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But now we're gonna hop right into the issue. Batman, issue 416, February 1988, cover date. Story is called White Gold and Truth. Written by Jim Starlin, penciled by Jim Aparo, inked by Mike DiCarlo. Letters, Augustine Moss. Colors, Adrian Adrian Roy, uh, edited by Danny O'Neill. It had a 75-cent cover price. Now, the issue opens on a rooftop with Robin, and this is, of course, Jason Todd Robin. He's gazing into a skylight window. Inside is a cocaine lab with a general assortment of shady folks lingering about. What Jason doesn't account for is that among this drug den's top priorities is security. And so he gets sucker punched from behind and he winds up falling through that very same skylight into the lab below. The baddies down there, as you might assume, don't take kindly to strangers. Luckily, young Jason had himself something of a guardian angel on this night. That rooftop bouncer soon plummets into the lab himself thrown in by Robin's predecessor, Nightwing. Rather than starting a brouhaha, Dick just tells the gang to stand down. He goes so far as to apologize for Robin's transgression and tosses a wad of bills in their direction, which he says should cover all the damages done. He grabs the new boy Wonder by the elbow and proceeds to drag him out, all this despite Robin's protest to the contrary. Now you see, the thing of it is, Robin struck this particular den one day too early. There were no drugs in the house yet, so uh, those were all set to deliver the following day, at which point, at this point though, Dick assumes that they're just going to bug out and find some new digs to process the powder. So in other words, Robin screwed up his sting, because if there's no drugs, there can't be a bust. Dick tells Jason to go home and tell Batman just how bad he bungled things up tonight. And then he tells him that he will talk to Bruce in the cave the following day. Now, this is all hugely shocking to Jason because he doesn't know who Nightwing is. And what's more, he doesn't know why Nightwing would know Batman's secret identity. We jump to the following morning and we join Jason and Bruce in the middle of their daily workout. It's here that Bruce informs Jason that Nightwing was, in fact, his predecessor, the former Robin, Dick Grayson. Bruce does not appear to be all that thrilled that Dick is going to be paying him a visit later that day. Jason heads off to school, and Nightwing arrives in short order. Bruce comments that it annoys him that Dick still appears to treat the Batcave as though it's his home. I mean, the uh, Bat drama here really, really amps up, and it's, it's just wonderful. Now, Dick and Alfred have a brief reunion before our main event, uh, and it really does start out real, real chilly. Uh, we have... Nightwing walking into the cave saying, Hi, Bruce, and Batman says back, Hello, Nightwing, what do you want? Which is uh, about as chilly as it's going to go. Now, Nightwing removes his mask, and he begins to, and, and begins what is perhaps the first true man-to-man talk with, ba- with Bruce that he's ever had. He wants to know why Bruce has enlisted a new Robin, first of all. Batman seems incredibly displeased with the conversation right off the bat. He faces Dick, and he implies that he owes him no such explanation. I mean, this is all very, very powerful stuff, and we we haven't even gotten to the big bit of this yet. Dick reminds him of what they'd been through together over the years, including the time that he was shot in the shoulder by the Joker. This is Dick, of course, getting shot in the shoulder. 
Now that was the event that kind of knocked some sense into the Batman. This is the point where he realized that, you know, at the at the end of the day here, he's actually endangering the life of a child in his war on crime. And it was after this encounter with the Joker that Bruce dumped Dick as a partner, to which Dick decided to finally leave home. With only a little bit of cash that Alfred had forced on him, he went about living life. He'd enroll in college, though he was unceremoniously asked not to return after only a single semester. He would work with the old Teen Titans, uh, he, ad- he adopted a new identity in Nightwing, and he is currently the leader of the new Teen Titans. So, as you can figure, he's been a rather busy boy since leaving the manor. Dick continues, he expresses disappointment that Bruce himself never told him about the new Robin, and instead he had to find it out by reading the newspaper. Again, he asks why Batman took on a new sidekick, and again, he doesn't get a reply. Dick demands Bruce take off the damn mask, because Dick Dick himself took his mask off, but Bruce is still wearing the cowl. And he t- Dick tells him to take the mask off and tell him why he kicked him to the curb, and then took on another boy sidekick. Uh, it's This is really good, and I'm doing it absolutely no favors by... <laughs> by reading it to you as a as I am here this is these are pages you really got to see because uh, I mean if you have any kind of attachment to the Batman family or the even the DC universe at large or even just comic books this will give you goosebumps this scene it's just an amazing amazing scene now Bruce tell Bruce he finally takes the, the mask off and he tells him that the only reason that he fired him is because he'd already learned everything Bruce might ever teach him And this really sets Dick off, as it appears as though young Grayson is seeing patterns in Bruce's M.O., where he always hurts the people around him before they have a chance to hurt him. And as for the new boy, Bruce recounts that Jason's, uh, this is his post-crisis origin, this is where he found him stealing Batmobile wheels and all, Uh, he talks about Jason's self-destructive tendencies, and he makes the rather bold statement that by taking him in, Bruce might have just saved Jason Todd's life. And, uh, you know, Dick, uh, Dick sees right through it. <laughs> he calls Bruce out for it. He, he calls him on BS here. And, uh, and it's, it's crazy because Bruce seems incredibly rattled when Dick calls him out for this. And we get this moment of silence after which he finally fires back. Bruce claims that Gotham is too big a job for just him alone. Again, this is all great, but, uh, Dick calls him out again. And uh, what follows is an amazingly powerful page, and I'm going to do it absolutely no service by explaining it all to you. But uh, it's great. you got to take my word for it. I got the images up on the blog. I'll link to all that stuff here. And certainly seek out this issue, because it is worth worth tracking down. Uh, At this point, Bruce lashes out. He smashes a glass table, and he finally breaks down and admits that he brought Jason in because he was lonely. He missed Dick. Dick reaches out, however, he's stopped. Bruce asks him to please leave, and so he does. We jump ahead to the evening, and Nightwing is camped out on the rooftop of that of a new drug den. He is shortly joined by his successor. Dick suggests that the two of them maybe team up on this caper, and he even gives Jason his last and largest Robin uniform. More importantly, he gives him his phone number. He knows what it's like to be a Robin, and he wants to be there if ever the kid feels the need to talk, or maybe vent about their uh, their man in common. It isn't long before they witness the drugs being delivered, and then it's time to kick some butt. They do make extremely short work of the gang members, and even partake in some witty banter as they do so. I think these two could have been a really fun team. We wrap up with the boys' wonder, shaking hands and celebrating a job well done. What neither of them notice is that they're being watched by the Batman, who for the first time in this issue, and perhaps the first time in a very long while, cracks a smile. Now, the first time I read this issue was back in, I think, November of 2016, and I started my my review portion with uh, three words, and it was, damn, 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 (laughs) because this is... Just such a great book here. I mean, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect from it. Uh, Jim Starlin uh, is not a guy I usually associate with this kind of a story. Um, 
I, I think I uh, unfairly discount him as, you know, the cosmic guy. You know, he's the, the Infinity Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War sort of guy. I, I never, I you know, I knew he did uh, Death in the Family, but uh, I, I just don't think I gave him the proper credit. Uh, and the expectations I had for this issue were, I guess I just didn't have any expectations for this issue. Um, and when it just bowled me over the way it did, I mean... This is a book you gotta read, guys, uh, folks. This is just an awesome, awesome issue. It's a done in one, but uh, it's I can't say enough good things about this book here. Um, you know, we have uh, Bruce here. He finally admits that uh, you know he he had this uh, little empty nest syndrome thing with uh, Dick leaving, and uh, maybe uh, Bruce is a little bit more codependent than uh, he might like to admit. And I, I think that's something that's, you know, we talk about humanizing our heroes by giving them flaws. You know, uh, you talk about like the Emerald Dawn, Hal Jordan. It's like we gave him the DUI, you know. But something like this, where Bruce has uh, this odd codependency, or not even an odd codependency. I think it would stand to reason that he would have a measure of codependency. But actually admitting it is uh, is pretty huge, uh, in my opinion, especially when he's talking to. Uh, someone who could have been looked at as a son and a subordinate. I think it's just a, a just an, an awesome um, dynamic between the two characters here. And I mentioned during the synopsis that this might be the first man-to-man discussion that Bruce and Dick have had, which really changes the, uh, the playing field a little bit because, uh, you know, Dick has become his own man. I mean, he leads a team. <laughs> He's a... He's really grown into his role, and he he made a new role to grow into, which, uh, I mean, that's stepping out of the shadow of the bat, you know? And uh, I think that this this new dynamic is just so cool. Um, And in the post-crisis, you know, Batman wasn't pals with Superman. He wasn't wasn't part of, you know, the super friends, you know? So there were very few people in the world that... uh, that these that he could relate to on a on a deeper level, and uh, I think Dick Grayson uh, is probably where that list starts and ends. So it's uh, just such a such an awesome dynamic here, and, I, and I'm not doing it any service. <laughs> is the problem? Um, you know, I look at this. I think we've all had jobs where like where the boss is kind of one of the guys or one of the gals or who, you know just they're they're one of the people. But you know when you cross that line. Like, you could joke with your boss, but then you get to that one point where, you know, the boss looks at you and it's like, nope, this is not the time for that. You know, they pull their rank and uh, they really let you know where it lies. And we've got Bruce trying that here. You know, he's listening to, to Robin, or he's listening to Dick and he's humoring Dick with these these, you know, platitudes about, oh, well, you know, I taught you everything I could ta- teach you, you know, you outgrew me, and, and each and every time, Dick's like, nope, you're not getting away with that, you're not going to dismiss me that easy, you know, he calls him out for bull on, on every, on every level until he finally breaks down to admit it, which, I just love it, it this is just awesome, awesome, awesome stuff here, you know, we have the bits between Dick and Jason, they were also great, because, uh, you know, you get like this this big brother, little brother feel, which is probably the best way to play this one, I think. Um, I like how Dick has accepted, uh, or maybe just a, I'm not sure if it's actually a feeling of responsibility, but I think it's like kind of a pull where he knows that uh, he should probably be looking out for his successor. Uh, I think that there's a... You know, there's a bloodline to that costume in in a way. There's a there's a brotherhood in all but blood in that costume, I should say, because they are brothers, but you know they don't share any blood. Clearly, um, I like Dick giving Jason his number, and uh, <laughs> I think I'd probably read an entire issue uh, filled with nothing more than them just uh, talking, because uh, you know them hanging out at a Denny's or something, sharing a sharing a coffee and breakfast, and just talking. Just because uh, they they both dealt with one of the most difficult people on the planet to deal with uh, in very close quarters. So I think they have some interesting short stories to sh- share. And I think, uh, 
it, it could be a lot of fun venting uh, it, it, between the two of them. And, uh, you know, this is this something I did when I uh, when I hit my one year on the blog, uh, which was the Secret Origins uh, number one review, which was also the first episode of this show. At the bottom of that, I did a top ten list of my favorite books that I'd read and discovered through doing this blog. Because while the blog initially started as reliving, revisiting my favorites, it quickly grew into discovering new favorites. And uh, this issue, Batman 416, was my number one book that I had discovered through this blog. This blog uh, afforded me the opportunity to expand my horizons and... This was the greatest book that I had discovered, and it was all by accident, which is which is pretty cool, I guess. I guess that's that's probably the cooler way to do it because you go in with very low expectations or just no expectations at all, and you just get bowled over and discover a new favorite. And uh, this has gone on to become uh, my favorite Batman issue or my favorite Batman story ever. And and Batman himself is only in it for a handful of pages. But uh, this is just a wonderfully amazing issue. It's it's up. They have it available digitally at uh, at readdccomics.com or Comicsology or wherever you get your uh, digital comics. Um, shouldn't cost you an arm and a leg in the bins if you come across it. I think that's this one's definitely worth a hunt. Um, you know, the Jim Starlin run is one of those that I uh, that I've I mentioned to pretty much anybody who will listen to me. I say that this is a run that needs to be collected. Uh, there's, you know, the, the, the Knights of the Beast has been collected, and of course, Death in the Family's been collected, but that's not the end-all be-all of his run. I think a lot of these, uh, character moments really trump those, uh, the, the big events, uh, in his run, and I, I do believe that they deserve to be in print, uh, and on people's shelves, because this is just some amazing stuff here. And uh, instead of uh, ending our episode with our normal uh, outro music, I'm going to play a promo from uh, our friends over at the Bat Pod. Uh, considering this is a Batman-themed episode, I figure why not uh, send some folks over that way. If you're fans of Batman, it'll uh, you'll probably do yourself a favor by going to check them out. They're uh, they're good folks over there. They they know their stuff. Um, the second half of this episode is going to be my discussion with Jody Yurden about this issue. We're going to talk about his his top secret comics origin, and just how this issue drove him into the bins, into the deepest, darkest bins, where he, uh, where he's been ever since. <laughs> so uh, it's a very good time I had with Jody. Uh, huge thanks for him to, to come on and, and discuss that with me. But uh, before we head over there, instead, in lieu of our normal horns, I'm going to put a little uh, bug in your ear. If you're, uh, if you grew up in the Northeast and, uh, Maybe uh, you know, watch The Price is Right when you were homesick from school. This uh, this little ditty here that'll go for a few seconds will uh, probably stick with you and probably uh, give you the warm fuzzy. So uh, I'll send it over to my discussion with Jody and uh, thanks for listening. Come on along, I'll take you to the lullaby of Broadway. Milford Plaza Hotel with cocktail dinner and breakfast for $43 per person. Discover why we are the lullaby of Broadway. The Milford Plaza is the lullaby of Broadway. All right, and we're back, and I am joined by a good friend, Jody Yarden. How, how you doing, pal? I'm great, Chris. How are you today? Good, good. Very good. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it, it probably makes me more giddy than it should but uh, anytime anybody wants to be on the show with me, I just think it's the coolest thing in the world. And <laughs> <laughs> that might say more about me than anything, but who knows? Uh, I, I definitely appreciate you wanting to come on and discuss this uh, this fantastic issue here. Um, but before we get to that, like we do with all of our first timers here, uh, how about you share your secret origin with the, with the listeners? Well, I'd love to. And, and it's right back at you. I'm just as excited <laughs> to be here awesome. as... You you are my Mark Marin. You <laughs> you guys are you guys are great. So thank you thank you. <laughs> um, my secret origin story. Well, um, when I was a child, uh, I, I can tell you the first comic book I ever got was I, Detective Comics five fifty five. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my my parents used to go to they would actually go to a local drugstore to buy cigarettes, which really sounds like uh, <laughs> a real uh, you know <laughs> a sign uh, of the uh, times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Ni- that's 1985 for you. Um, so they would go into this drugstore to buy cigarettes and. You know, as you would, 75 cents for a, a comic at the time, they'd tell you to pick something off the rack. So um, as a kid, I would just kind of randomly pick whatever caught my my eye, which would be, uh, you know, Batman, I, mm-hmm. I, Detective Comics, uh, I, uh, Justice League number 250 was one of my first books that I got, okay. and uh, an occasional elf, you know, ALF, ALF uh, <laughs> Alf, alien yeah. life form, elf, <laughs> and, you know, Star Comics, any, anything you get your hands on as as a kid, I was a big fan of um, Superpowers, the Superpowers toy line from Kenner. So okay. Superman, Batman, the bright colors, all that stuff just really caught my eye. And whatever whatever I saw looked like somebody I recognized I'd pick up. Awesome. Although I, I can say one, one of my other first ones was a Wild Dog, number one, uh, <laughs> oddly enough, which uh, I don't know if it's because it was a ski mask. I thought it was Jason from sure, the sure. Friday the 13th movies or what, but... I recently reread that here in the last few years, and that's that's not something I'd give a five year old. Not that it no, was uh, it's kind of not. Punisher light, but um, not, it, not and, something and it for gets, toddlers. <laughs> and it gets crazier as it goes. Uh, it gets it, it just ruthless and uh, just uh, bodies with like hundreds of bullet holes in them. Uh, somehow, <laughs> <laughs> it just gets really crazy. But you know, I like I like that you know you pull the pull the books off the rack because this is back at a time where. All you needed was a cover. You know, you, you see this cover that, like you said, it's a familiar cover. It's a bright cover. It's got the action. And that's what brings you in. We're, right. we're now, now a little bit different <laughs> from that. And right. uh, I, I'm not sure there's any books I'd give to a five-year-old at, at this point in time, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, you, you grew up a, a primarily a, a DC guy then. Yes. I mean, I had a few, kind of the same, same boat. I had a few of the super pop, uh, excuse me, um, secret wars toys. I had a sure. few of those, but I was primarily a DC kid and it was mostly due to the, the superpowers, uh, superpowers toys and stuff. My parents worked really hard to get me, I think the first two waves of toys. And awesome. I can remember being four or five years old and where I got certain ones or my dad bringing home uh, a Robin or something like nice. that. And, I guess I've been chasing that dragon the, the, my entire life as far as trying to recreate like that magic, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's always true. stuck with me. <laughs> no, that's something that, uh, that me and uh, Chris Bailey talked about a few uh, months ago around Christmas time about recapturing the magic of our youths and uh, how, how, just like you said, it is chasing the dragon. It's... Chasing that dragon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, you know, childhood does end uh, some earlier than others. And, uh, for a lot of us who read comics, there comes that time where you might put them aside for a little while. You might walk away. Uh, was that a? Did you experience something like that? Well, I've yeah, my I, I mean we all kind of have here and there, right? Certainly. We're Certainly. Off and on, um, here and there. I, it's funny you'd mention that. I think the the first time I really got out of it, I was about twenty years old. Okay. And um, I was about twenty years old. And I, I had just gone to the comic shop that week, and I had. Uh, I had a stack of books. I had about $40 worth of books, which in 2001 dollars was, you know, probably 15 or 20. A nice stack. Yeah. Yeah. A nice stack. And I had to buy a new car, a new Mm. used car, which was about $1,200. And to me, that was, you know, that, that might as well been gold bullion. As far as I was concerned, (laughs) that, that might as well have been a King's ransom. And I looked down at this, this stack of comics and there was a, I think it was an issue of outlaw nation, which was a vertigo series that was trying to be, I don't know, the new preacher or something along those lines. And I, I just looked at this. It was very preacher light, yeah. Yeah. It, well, it had the, what was it, the Glenn Fabry covers, I yep. think. Yep, And <laughs> I looked down at this stack of comics that I, it was, oh, there were some uh, Joker's Last Laugh books in there, too. Oh, and I look boy. down at this book of, this this stack of comics, and just, I had in one of those, what are you doing with your life sort of moments. <laughs> Uh, the, that was my first the moment one. of like, profundity yes yes that was my first one where i looked down and was like what am what am i doing with my life and um <laughs> you know i've i've dabbled in in and out here and there uh since and uh it was it was a couple of years before i got uh dragged dragged back in we always Quit do. cold turkey <laughs> we always do get pulled back in and uh what was it that uh 
because I, I I've talked to folks who like stayed abreast of what was going on via like Wizard or or CBR, uh, just you know on the fringes of uh, knowing what's going on, and then they find like that one story that's like, okay, well I got to see what that's what that's all about. So uh, what what was it that brought you back in? Oh, that's yes, and you're right. I did. I think I did still dabble. I'd still buy <laughs> occasional Wizard just to kind of stay in the loop, and then dip my toe back in once something else sure you know, caught my eye. At the time, it was uh, actually the story that brought me back in was there's two of them. Mm-hmm. I remember buying them off the rack at the uh, bookstore when they still sold things like that. Yes. <laughs> uh, one was the uh, it was the post hush story. Is it Dark City or Oh um, Dark? Uh, yeah. Um. Oh, the, was it the Brian Azzarello? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yep. Like as the crow flies or something like that, or uh, oh no, that was the Judd Winnick. That yeah, that was up. a Judd Winnick one. It's the Eduardo, and I'm sure people are like, you, you, you guys, come on. <laughs> come it, on guys. It's the Azarello and Eduardo Rizzo, Rizzo. story right yeah. after Hush. Somehow I just missed Hush, and for some reason that that I think I had bought 100 Bullets, and it had kind of brought me back in. Okay. And the thing that really brought me back in at the time was uh, the JSA Black Rain story. Oh, uh, which okay. was the, you know, with, um, con, uh, was it, um, black Adam, Adam. Uh, mm-hmm. Condock and bringing Adam smasher. I remember seeing Eclipso on the cover and I know you're okay. not a fan, <laughs> a huge Eclipso fan. And I saw that and that was enough to just say, yep, I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll start buying this then Eclipso. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, he's, know. he's selling books. <laughs> Actually, uh, when I when I was trying to find something to stick with after the death of Superman happened, I was looking for something DC like to stick around with. And uh, after like thinking I was going to be Green Lantern and then seeing like a cover where Hal Jordan is fighting a demon on on a football field. You um, mentioned that. Oh, that I had that as a kid. And that. Oh, it is. It's not not a good issue. I was oh, I was talking bad. back. Yes, you, you <laughs> on your uh, latest Patreon episode, yes. you had you had mentioned that, and I'm kind of talking to, to nobody. You know, I'm talking to the headphones and saying, "Oh, I know it's issue 37. It's <laughs> it's got a terrible cover. Oh, I know exactly awful. what he's talking about." <laughs> but I I needed something to stick to keep me with DC, and uh, and then I found you know because it was the early 90s, and I found a book with a number one on it, and it was the Robin Annual number one, which was a tie into Eclipso, mm-hmm. uh, the Darkness Within. So I, that is one of the uh, first DC books that wasn't part of the Death of Superman that I bought. And so you're right, Eclipso does sell books. <laughs> <laughs> that was initially in 92. That was a big thing that really, aside from the the book we're talking tonight, which was a couple mm-hmm. years ahead of time. Um, that this was the seeds Batman this Batman 416 was kind of the seeds but Eclipso the darkness within that was my that that crossover that summer of 92 was was like my I don't even know what you want to call it my Woodstock you know that was there my, you go. that You're was coming my, out my coming party. out yep. party yeah exactly <laughs> nice <laughs> now uh in recent years uh what what what's uh what's what's your pull list looking like in in recent years here um, well, you know, I, or do you I, have one? <laughs> I, I do. And like most of us, I've dropped off and dropped back in over the years. I recently had, I got to tell you, much like, much like yourself, I, with the new 52, it had really, really just soured me on DC. And I had, I think I tried it for the first year. I, I bought in a few issues and I just, it, I was bitter. I was bitter, Chris, because too, of the, the restarts and just, this isn't my DC. All of this is out the window. All all the stuff I loved is out the window. The same way I'm sure people felt in 87 after crisis or 86, 87 after, uh, after crisis. Had gone crisis yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was out for a while and I bought mm-hmm. some Marvel here and there. And there were a couple of years, I think it was 2015, 16. I think 16th where I had just dropped out completely for about a year, year and a half. I would kind of, I would go on the websites and just kind of follow what was going on. But I had really, I had really dropped out to the point where I began selling off parts of my collection, which is oh. not, which is not good. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's a Rubicon to cross right there. Yeah. I said, Oh, I'm, I'm out. I don't, I'm, I know what I like. I know my favorites. I'm going to keep my favorites, but some mm-hmm. of this stuff I can, I can deal without. Sure. And as I'm <laughs> selling some of my collection, uh, 
it was almost like a perfect storm. As as I'm selling my collection, mm-hmm. I'm looking at other things, and I'm I'm selling them on eBay. I'm looking at other things, and I'm I kind of had taken a deep look at what made me what makes me happy. What makes mm-hmm. me happy? It's not necessarily the current books. It sure. was more of the 80s, 90s, and at this time, I start looking at some of the Bronze Age stuff from the late 70s, early 80s, and I said mm-hmm. this this is my happy place. This is what I want. And I can tell you, I, I did sell off some of my collection, but I, I wound <laughs> up with way more back. Sure. I, I ended up buying way more than I ended up selling off um, <laughs> with some runs of uh, Bronze Age Superman, which are, oh, you know, beautiful. I reading some of yours. They're, some of your reviews are, are some crazy books and <laughs> they're beautiful. They're great they, books. They're, they're, stuff. Yeah. they're bananas, but they are fantastic. And some mm-hmm. some uh, Bronze Age Green Lantern and just some oh, yeah. other things here and there. And, you know, you know, long story telling you a long story here but no worries i i am uh i have been reading i've been reading a lot of the old stuff but as far as current books go it's been just dc and um i do enjoy tom king's batman i know that's a uh that's contentious with some folks uh 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 i i know that that's a one of those very contentious uh (laughs) depending on who you're (laughs) hanging around with could be a controversial statement but uh i i honestly have uh i've only dipped in and out on it so Mm-hmm. I really could say with much authority, uh, you know, that's one of the things and I, and I mention it all the time. I'm sure people are sick of hearing it. But uh, like when when you're doing a, a blog as intensive as what I do and, and with multiple shows during the week, I don't have much time for fun reading. So right. it's like and, and if I do have time for it, it's like, am I going to read the, you know, Batman number 53 or am I going to read Doomsday Clock? And it's like, ah, I'm going to read Doomsday Clock. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of Robin Peter to pay Paul. So I, I really can't speak to uh, to what it is. I've heard good. I've heard bad. But uh, I've heard more bad than good, depending on, you know, some of the people I hang out with. But uh, <laughs> I'm still optimistic. And, and you know, I, I would be op- I would be amiss to say as well. Part of this was was uh, you and Reggie with your cosmic treadmill. I, really? I believe I. Yes, this it really brought me into looking for these Bronze Age collections oh, as awesome. I. I believe I, I can't I can't quite remember how I came across you guys. I'm assuming <laughs> it's probably on Twitter with your blog and, you know, through that found the cosmic treadmill and started. I think one of the first episodes I listened to was maybe Millennium, because that's not okay. anything anybody has any business <laughs> reading or talking about. <laughs> so I honestly remember. And I think I think that's like a two hour and it's like a episode. three hour show. <laughs> yeah, it's a long one. And I remember that might be the first one I listened to because I remember downloading it and thinking, huh, maybe they can explain to me what this is all about because I've got no idea. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I, that that means that, that that made my day hearing that. Uh, I got it. Because <laughs> I. So, oh, go ahead. So with that, I had hit all the DC stuff, and honestly, I've listened to your. I've listened to everything. Your, awesome. Everything you guys have put out, I've listened to, whether it was stuff that might interest me, stuff that later on would interest me. And it's <laughs> just you you guys are doing a great job. Thank you so, so much. I, that, that really means the world to us. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, there, there are episodes that we do that uh, we kind of just pull something out that might be interesting. And the whole week we're kind of dreading it because <laughs> we don't know <laughs> if it's going to be interesting. And uh, we turn out having a good time. So it's uh, it's uh, we always try to have a good time with what we do. And. And, and, you know, resonates, uh, hopefully. With oh, definitely. People. Definitely. <laughs> now, the book that we're going to discuss a bit here is Batman number 416 that had a February 1988 cover date. And uh, off the air, we talked and you said that this issue was what drove you into the back issue bins for the first time. Yes. Yes. This I can tell you where I bought this book. And not that anybody I don't know if anybody's interested in hearing it, but oh. I bought this at a. That, that's um, our bread and butter here. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I live in the Northeast. I, I live in New York State, and there was a Northeastern um, department store chain called Hills. It's a Hills department store, mm-hmm. and they had these three packs of. I'm assuming I didn't know at the time, but uh, backstock DC Comics backstock that they would wrap together, and you know, just selling off stuff that they had gotten. Well, these look to. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. The barcode's covered, so apparently it was a newsstand copy that they had gotten back and just kind of repurposed. Gotcha. Um, so I got this uh, 416 with 414 and 415, 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to guess I probably got it. Uh, this has a March, excuse me, February 88 cover date to it. I'm going to guess I probably bought it in late 88, okay. early 89, probably right before Batman right before 89 movie. Mania yeah. hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the time, I would have been uh, just about seven years old, seven, seven and a half. Okay. And I remember looking at this cover, which has uh, Robin. He's down on the he's down on the ground, and there's a a thug getting ready to shoot him. And there's this guy with this big old collar that's ready to <laughs> sweep in for the safe. And I remember looking at this and thinking, I remember being a little kid and mm. picking this up and wondering, who is this guy? What's going on here? Yeah. And reading the book, it's it's a book that has resonated with me my entire life because. What this book ended up doing, it was the aha moment, because to Mm -hmm. me, as a seven-year-old up until this point, comics were all superpowers. Okay, there's Robin, there's Batman, there's Batman 66. That was was kind of my limited knowledge of things. Gotcha. Well, when you read Batman 416, you're getting the backstory on why Dick had left, why he had become Nightwing. And to me, this this blew my mind. I thought there are there's more than one Robin. What is exactly. this all about? <laughs> he's and he's he's in he's in college. I just I'm thinking Burt Ward in my head. You know that that's <laughs> yes. kind of my limited <laughs> Burt Ward and Super Friends is my is my bread and butter. It's my limited uh, exposure to it. Mm-hmm. So this particular book and just being you've got Jim Jim Apparel art and Jim Starlin, um, you know, writing it. It's mm-hmm. It was just an aha moment to me to kind of realize, wow, there's there's a lot more going on here than I I ever realized. I really, I really want to start checking some of this stuff out. Yep, for sure. And you said this was in a bundle. Was was this the one that you was this like a one you could see? Because you know when they're bundled, they're you know mm-hmm. stacked on top of one another. So is this, this is the one you were able to see? Yeah, they. I think you could see a two like out of the, the front three. and the back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was one of the ones I saw, and I know this was the one because the the other covers are they're not bad, but this no. was the one that really stuck out to me because it was Robin's in trouble, and I don't <laughs> know. I guess I guess as a little kid that that really appealed to me, and it's I tell you what, it's since since his time, it's been empty wallets and <laughs> <laughs> trying to hit that high. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. Yeah, this is um probably my favorite issue of Batman of all time. This is That's just awesome. Uh, just and that oh, and I, I discovered I, it late. I discovered oh, it just a couple of years ago. Oh, that's and great. uh and, and uh you know the folks will have heard me talk about this earlier in the episode, but uh this was uh, I I really never collected Batman. You know, Batman was a guy that and it's weird because I'm I'm such a hardcore completionist with a lot of the comics that I do, but Batman was never that guy for me. Mm-hmm. I would pop in and I would pop out and I'd pop in and pop back out, but I didn't start collecting any kind of Batman until uh, Batman Returns. Because oh. uh, like there was that the Penguin affair was the the little crossover <laughs> that they had, so I got that. And then you know I got Shadow with a bat and uh, mm-hmm. with the you know the bagged the, the bagged issue and uh, but then I, I'd fall out and I came back in for No Man's Land. Then I fell out again. Then I came <laughs> back for like Office of Down and so I, I'm always been in and out and I never really mm-hmm. prioritized going back to fill in Batman. Like mm-hmm. uh, with with Superman, it's like. Okay, I gotta have everything from Crisis, and then when I finish that, it's like, okay, well now I gotta have everything from 1980, and then or my when I was born, and and then I'm working backwards, you know. But uh, with Batman, I've never had that, and so when I found this issue in a in a 50 cent bin, I'm like, oh well, it's you know it's Batman, might as well pick it up and read it, and just on a lark, and it blew me away, just like you said, this is. This I I wish I came across this when it was new because it would have it would have blown my mind just because oh. of how the expectation you have from a superhero comic book this is not that mm-hmm. this is just an amazing character piece it's got the Bat Family drama I mean you got Dick and Bruce you could tell they love each other but they're so mad at each other and, and that and and it's and it's only because they love each other so much that the the anger you, you could feel it. And uh, it's just, oh, man, I, I could go on for, for hours uh, on, on just how important this – how this basically informed my opinion of, uh, of what the, uh, the Bat family was going to be because it's just, it's just so amazing. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't want to keep going on. So <laughs> no, please do. Please do. 
it's a, no that's that's tremendous to hear too and i can tell you chris um when i first discovered your blog this was one i remember this your um your blog post for this mm. issue was one that had caught my eye okay. and i think one that i probably that was my go-to and to hear you i remember reading your post and mm. to hear you gush about it and to talk about <laughs> it it was one of those things that was wow aside from me and my my, my good friend jason i I've never heard anybody talk about this. This is a very <laughs> under the radar book, you know what it I mean? Is. So to hear it you is. say that is just it really it really makes my day because I I love it too. Oh, it's just it's it's amazing here and uh like uh like you said this this brought you into the uh into the bins here and uh <laughs> it, it 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 broadened your horizons and it damned you <laughs> to <laughs> to dirty inky fingers and uh and dry hands <laughs> and a lighter wallet and a lot of uh, decomposing paper in your house uh <laughs> yes yeah oh my wife is so happy about it she just <laughs> she just loves it i'm surprised she hasn't destroyed this very issue <laughs> she waited there just today i can her and my children waited in the car for probably about 45 minutes while i was no we'll wait out here we have no business freight paper bags we'll just awesome. sit in this cold winter car and that's fine you go right ahead we'll listen to the radio you go have fun <laughs> yeah yeah they love it <laughs> now you mentioned the writer i mean the writer of this is jim starlin who i never associate with anything less than cosmic mm-hmm. you know growing up uh the, my first exposure to jim starlin was the infinity war not even mm-hmm. the infinity gauntlet i missed that so the Infinity War with all the doppelgangers and the Magus and Magus and Warlock. <laughs> and uh, it was just like, because it was a, you know, was a number one. It was a wizard book. You know, wizard was raving about it. So got to get it. <laughs> so I get right. it. And uh, it really informed my opinion on just what Jim Starlin did. And then to see, and, you know, I knew I would come to know that he did Death in the Family. And, uh, you know, I read that probably around the turn of the century i'd assume but uh i i really thought that was the only thing he did uh for batman and then to see this run here and i think this is so much better than anything starlin's ever done absolutely absolutely you know it's it's you met him yes that's what i was gonna mention i uh I went to a, a show. Uh, we went to a, sh- a fr- show with my friend Jason here. Uh, a couple. This is probably about five, six years ago. It okay. was really. It was before the in- Infinity War hoopla because he was there. I think again last year, and you couldn't oh, get anywhere close to him. But at the up, time, yeah, yeah that the time it was not quite so much, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting in line, and I've got my bat. I, it's funny because I believe this was the only. Oh no, I brought two books for him to sign and i'm not a big guy to get things signed but i you know this book really meant a lot to me so absolutely i had i had brought um batman 416 and i had brought um oh i have a uh what is it it's not it's dc comics presents number 27 i think it was the first mongol so i'll have him sign this one too i had a 26 but i I didn't want him to sign that one (laughs) so i said i'll I'll have him sign this one too and he so I, i bring the books up there Mm-hmm. And the 27, I think he had seen before. So he he's he he's one that signs on the inside. He signs on okay. in the, the inside, and he looks at the 416. He goes, hmm. I, and I I actually started kind of <laughs> gushing, and I you know like we just were, and I said, sure. you know, this book means a lot to me. This was the this was really the big one that that brought me in. I really enjoy this story. It's it's a fantastic book. It's stuck with me all these years. And he, he opens a book and he starts kind of leafing through it. He, he kind of looks through and he closes it. He must have had kind of a, I guess for lack of a better term, almost a, <clears throat> excuse me, almost kind of like a stink face look to him. It kind of, <laughs> he just kind of shook his head a little bit and he goes, hmm, I don't even remember writing this one. And he signed the bottom oh, of it and uh, he hands <laughs> it back to me. That's insane. Now, my friend Jason, he had issue 420, I think it's 423, which I know you've also done on your blog, mm-hmm. that it's the, did did Robin let that guy fall? Let, let the guy, yeah, where yes. it's kind of like a, uh, like a weird perspective cover, where, like, yes. Robin looks like a color form on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he really does. <laughs> that one he remembered. He goes, oh, okay. yeah, I remember this one. This was one of my favorites, but. Uh, unfortunately the 416 he had no memory of writing it and it was i was a little crestfallen i'll be honest i was i was surprised but i was i was happy to have it signed all the same 
if anybody listening is going to a show with Jim Starlin at it, bring Batman 416 <laughs> for him to sign. <laughs> we got to get him to remember that he wrote this. <laughs> this is such a damn good book. <laughs> it's great. And, you know, I was almost under the impression too much like you had mentioned with um, Infinity War. I don't think he I don't think a lot of people really. I think it's all infinity. Even then, I'm sure it's even worse now. Sure. Um, I think that's kind of probably all he hears about. I don't, I don't, maybe, maybe a little bit of death in the family here and there, but yeah. I was kind of under the impression that was, you know, I guess I would say refreshing, but he didn't remember <laughs> it in the first place. So <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. Cause like, even looking back at his like bibliography, it's like, you got all the infinity stuff. You got, uh, like Gilgamesh three is something that he did. Uh, a dread star for epic and then into first mm-hmm. i mean that was a like that was full-blown space opera so it's like everything i, I always picture there being stars you know right. Maybe because his name is starlin i don't know but uh <laughs> but, uh, when, but this batman just shocked me that it was him and uh and i think I, I actually held off on reading it the first time because uh because i just dismissed it i, I you know it's like ah, oh, it's starlin what's he gonna do with batman you know yeah. i knew he did death in the family but i'm like well that that's like a that's like its own thing you know Mm-hmm. But uh, but I I didn't have any expectations going into this, which uh, probably helped because because uh, <laughs> I, I I don't think I would have been as blown away had I been like eh, well this could be good but uh instead it was just a I need something to review tonight and uh, eh this is right next to me so we'll go with this one. It Those are some of the best books. That. Oh yeah. Those are some sure. of the best books that you have untapped gold that you read through and go wow that was. That was really something. That oh, was absolutely. that was really great. I didn't I I didn't know about that. Now, uh, as you as you make your way into the bins and into the and into the the murky depths of comic book stores, uh, what what did you start reading after discovering? What did you discover after after this? Like, what other what? Where did your fandom flourish from <laughs> from uh, Batman six four sixteen? Well, it's funny because I can almost pinpoint that too. Um, you know, it wasn't long after this Batman Batmania. 89 never took a hold of me like it did other kids. Sure. I was probably in the thralls of, I mean, I, I had these books, but I was a baseball card kid. So probably until gotcha. maybe 92, I was all baseball cards for me. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the DC cosmic cards came out, I think in 1992. I don't know if you've ever had any of yep. those sets oh, yeah. or <laughs> yep. that helped bring me in. And the first book, I mean, this, this planted the seeds, but, I believe it was Panic in the Sky Part 5, which is – I bought Part 5 and Part 4, I think, Part 4 okay. and 5, the same day off off the, the spinner rack because um, I think it was – I think it's Part 5 has Brainiac's head with all these heroes, like a giant head, and yeah. all these heroes are, are like trying to stop him. And I remember kind of picking up and, and looking at it thinking, huh, this looks like a pretty big deal. There's a <laughs> lot of There's a lot of superheroes on here. Batman, Superman, um, Captain Captain Marvel. Yes. And uh, Chris, from that day forward, I've, they've got me. You were locked and loaded. (laughs) That was, that was the one. And 92 was, 92 was the big year for me with, uh, what I I think nightfall was later in the year with Eclipso with this X-Men. Oh my gosh. The launch of image. Uh, 92 was a, huge huge year i think i'm I still recovering addict. from it yeah <laughs> <laughs> any any time that somebody could take come on just take me to this come on give me 250 i can buy two comics for 250 i'll do I'll, I'll i'll do whatever you want i'll vacuum your floors i'll mop your i'll map your kitchen it's fine just just give me 250 mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's how much school lunch is now come on come on yeah or more or more <laughs> No, what we what we were uh, besides uh, the uh, Panic in the Sky, what were some of your favorites there? Like, uh, like if you had, did, I, I shouldn't assume you didn't. Uh, did you have a pull list as a kid? No, I never did. I, you know, because you had they, to pay for it back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that. I've heard your stories about that. That blew me away. That really mm. blew me away. I oh. was I was not aware of that. Mm. that that's but, tremendous. But if I, you I, did I, have one, what would you? What would have been on it? Oh, it would have been uh, it would have been any of those Eclipso, the Darkness Within annuals, Bloodlines <laughs> annuals. I thought were going to be a big deal. That was the next year, of course. <laughs> um, the Superman books, um, Nightfall was huge with me. Um, X Men. Mm. I was never an X Men Gold fan as much as it was an X Men Blue fan. That X Men, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh. Well, Blue has the probably, cooler characters for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
you had Wolverine, you had Gambit, Cyclops. I, the, the gold <laughs> team just seemed so stodgy in comparison with like. Yeah, well, we've we've got Forge and Bishop. Oh uh, no, that's that's okay. <laughs> I'll go with the Gambit book. Yeah, yeah, we got Gambit and Wolverine over here. We'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, really, really kind of stacking the deck, you know. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Now. What uh, besides is there anything besides um, Batman and uh, Detective that you're reading in this post rebirth world uh, where we're sitting right now? Um, uh, it's been mostly DC. Um, <laughs> uh, Batman, Detective. Um, oh, I I have been reading uh, Bennis's Superman books with okay. varying degrees of trepidation yeah that's one way to put it um i've been uh i picked up the first issue of uh, bendis's naomi which okay. i was a kind of a pleasant surprise i i, I did enjoy that and mm-hmm. uh heroes in crisis I've, I've been reading that well i don't want to pass judgment on that until it's till it's over so true true for sure uh, are you doing doomsday clock when oh, uh, when yes. they decide to ship the annual issue you know, Chris, I had even forgotten to mi- yeah, exactly. I forgot <laughs> to even mention that because I don't remember the last issue. The last time I read an issue, that was oh, no. I think the leaves were still on the tree. To be honest with you, so it were. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Well, you know, this has been an absolute blast and delight. Um, and uh, we like you more than a friend, so we'd like you to come back. So uh, oh, I would anytime, I would love to. Sure. Anytime you want to talk about anything, we uh we are definitely. Uh, we're wide open for you, so uh, I definitely want you to come back and uh, share some more stories because this uh, this was a really good time, and I think uh, I think the listeners will dig this as well. But uh, speaking of the listeners, how about you tell them where they might be able to find you online? Well, um, I am on Twitter, like some of us are. Uh, yeah. I'm at at Regal Fan R E R E G A L Fan. Um, I do co-host a podcast from time to time with a friend of mine. It's uh, called Case in Point with Justin Case. Um, do that uh, co-host uh, on there occasionally, mm-hmm. and you will find me uh, now and forever at the Winter Garden Theater. Uh, catch on Broadway. <laughs> and if you if you stay at the uh, Lullaby on Broadway, you'll be able to uh, <laughs> to, to pop in on it. Or, the best. Uh, or beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. Uh, <laughs> there every other Saturday. Tremendous. <laughs> now, uh, if you'd like to uh, get a hold of us here at the uh, Cosmic Treadmill Network of channels of whatever we are, you can do so. WeirdComicsHistory at gmail.com. We've got ourselves a Patreon that we don't mention very much, but it is at patreon.com slash Chris and Reggie if you'd like to throw anything our way. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Cosmic T-Mill. Uh, we're on Twitter at Cosmic T-Mill. I don't know how often we check that one, but uh, it's there. Uh, Reggie's at Reggie Reggie. I'm at Ace Comics. You can check out the archives for the Cosmic Treadmill over at ChrisandReggie.com, and I always bungle the end here. So uh, I'll suffice it to say, you'll be able to find everything we do over there. Uh, you can also find uh, the site that this very show is named after over at ChrisIsOnInfiniteEarths.com, where... Uh, it usually, well, it used to be a random DC comic, and now it is Action Comics Daily, which uh, I don't know that many people like, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> it's a different, <laughs> different chapter from Action Comics every single day. It's a, uh, it's it's d- done this way to basically give me a little bit more time to uh, deal with real life. Uh, now, if you uh, like Jody, have a book from the blog you'd like to hear me discuss, or if you'd like to come on and discuss with me. Definitely drop me a line. We'll see what we can figure out. That's about all we got for you today. A very good time visiting with Jody and with you guys as well. And uh, hope you hope to see you again real soon. See ya. Grab your bat microphone. It's time to start the show. Check out the Bat Pod with your host, Bill Beer. This was, cucumber this was an issue. <laughs> yes, have you ever had a cucumber sandwich? And his co-host, Joey Galvez. I mean, I like it. You know, cucumber water. Have you ever had that? It's so refreshing. It's, it's, Topic of the week. I really love the Michael Keaton Batman, the Tim Burton Batman. I thought you were going to mention Batman and Robin for a minute. <laughs> you know, George Clooney. Had you hello or character spotlights? The condiment king was a guy named Buddy Stanley, a, okay. a former stand-up comedian. But you know, stump your co-host segments. Okay, where's your Batman card? Just go ahead and send that to me. Sorry, sorry. And we'll, and we'll rip bit. that up. <laughs>
Okay. You can find the Bad Pod on the nerdylegion.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Google Play, and we're now on Stitcher. The Bad Pod is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Network. We're a crime fighting collective. It's the Bad Pod. What the blue bacon? <laughs>